In this episode, we're going to talk about ways you can understand, create, and use mission briefs. This is STA Engage. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. RPG Jeff Harvey. The last time we talked about how we could use uh, the setting of Star Trek in the, the Star Trek universe to rethink the way that you can craft your stories. Uh, if you missed that episode, go back and check it out. Um, six and seven, it's a two-parter, very short for both of them, really. Totally worth a listen. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk about mission briefs, um, how to read them, create them, and run them. This is a topic that is very near and dear to my co-host, the immutable Michael Dismuke. Mike, how are you? Pretty good. And just so you know, since we're recording this on Zoom, there's a mute button. So I'm really not all that immutable. <laughs> That's fair. You need to shut me up. That's <laughs> How fair. you been? How I've you been Jeff? pretty good. I'm actually looking forward to it. I got my new setup going here and I think it's going to look, I hope it looks nice. Hope everyone enjoys the... It's the... beautiful. And it looks like you're about to throw a party too with that awesome like D-nice D DJ kit to, to your left there. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. Um, all right. Well, the goal of this show is to help Star Trek fans... Uh, and fans of role-playing better engage with the Star Trek franchise and uh, the Star Trek Avengers RPG, as well as the community for that RPG and the Star Wars community as a whole, Star Trek community as a whole. Yeah, I'll get there. Got a lot of Star Wars stuff back here. Um, this show is brought to you by the letter R, the number nine, and the support of people like you. So if you like what we do, like, subscribe, and share. Uh, support us on Patreon, all the good things that you can do to help us out. Uh, you can find out more info about the folks that sponsor the show and are putting on the show uh, our production team at Studio Tembo, the fine folks at ContinuingMissionSTA.com, and our primary sponsor for Season 1, Adventure Inc. Follow the links in the doobly-doo. Um, so I guess let's get down to business. Um, yes. What, what is a mission brief? Who are they for? Sure. Mission briefs were an idea that actually came out with the Klingon core rulebook release from Modiphius uh, for Star Trek Adventures. And I fell in love immediately because I'm a very creative game master. A lot of us don't need finite detailed rules that are presented in many of the compendiums. And so when I saw mission briefs, um, they're a short way of giving you basic plot with the act one, act two, act three, and ways you could wrap it around your particular crew. So mission briefs, I think, are one of the best things that have come out of Star Trek Adventures so far. Do you use something like the mission brief yourself, Jeff? I use something similar to it. I create my stories in a very similar feel as to what the mission briefs are, but I, I've never actually written them in the way that mission briefs are written. So I don't really right. understand how they work. So I'm going to have a lot of questions, but I'm going to leave this one to you for the most part. Um, I think you've, uh, this is definitely a passion project of yours. Well, this is cool. In fact, what happened is this entire show was inspired by quite the conversation on our Star Trek Adventures Facebook group where people were asking how to use mission briefs. Yeah. Um, so what I thought I would do is take one of the mission briefs I created for continuing mission and kind of break it down. Um, I think once people see how to flow through it and how to put one, how to use the Star Trek core rulebook rules to enhance it, they'll kind of be excited about it. So should I just go ahead and show it now? Yeah, before we get into it, though, let me point out that a lot of listeners on this show listen to the show strictly on audio so if you if you're an audio only listener this episode's going to be a lot of visual stuff go ahead and check this out on on youtube and i will put a link to the mission brief that we're using in the in the link below and i think you can find it on continuing missions sta.com right 
Yep, that's a great idea. In fact, it's entitled A New Warp Signal. So all you have to do is put that in the search line and you'll be able to find it. So let me go ahead and pop it up here for those of you who are uh, able to see the video. And we see here a new warp signal. It fits on one nice eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. And you're able to find this at continuing missions. Uh, sta.com. I think one of the most approachable things about these I want to get real, real quick is the fact that it is only a single sheet of paper that you can get an entire four hour gaming session out of if, at the minimum a four hour. Gaming yeah, session. yeah. And we're going to show how to expand on that. Some people who may not feel comfortable with this, but actually after they see what we do now, I think they're going to be a little comfortable with it. What I start with, um, you're, let me just break down some of the sections that you're going to see just so you're familiar with how a mission brief is built. You first have the synopsis. And in that synopsis, it's going to tell you the suggested era of play. So this gives you an idea of some of the technology or, or rules governing that century uh, that you're playing in. Um, it also can give you a suggested spotlight role. It's not a hard and fast. In this case, I built a new warp signal uh, for command department because there's going to be some negotiation, diplomacy, and first contact going on. And then, of course, the synopsis explains the general wraparound of what's going on. You'll notice that some words are in bold, and that means that there's a reference to that character or a plot device somewhere in continuing missions uh, website or in one of the core rule books which we reference so i'll just go ahead and explain the synopsis here jeff it says a new warp keep capable species has been detected in the region of federation space near the faringi alliance this meeting requires a delicate hand and the first contact specialist talar who we have on continuing missions joins the group to make sure it goes well the crew finds they aren't the first to arrive though and need to act quickly when they find thought let pan's ship in orbit He's a brain. Soon after, a vessel commanded by the Ferengi merchant Solak enters the system, further complicating an already tense situation. All right. So, so right there, Jeff, that's what you could use basically to say, yeah, I, I think this is going to fit my team, my crew. Right. And obviously, you could edit this out a little bit to make sure that it fit your game better. Like if you didn't want to use Talar, you could bring someone else on board that would better fit your story um and if again i think you i think it's later on in the in the description but you can also change it up for eras i would assume that's right you can in fact let's talk about how we do that there's two other point parts i'll point out on this page are the key npcs that's if you want to use these characters um if you go to our site this is all hyperlinked so you can search out our site for adv 013 in the search bar and you can click on talar for find stats for thoughtlet pan so like the Nez Fliz, who we've created, and Brain Ships. And then you'll notice, here's the references to the actual Modifius content. Ferengi vessels can be found in the Alpha Quadrant source book, page 87. And we also um, have some cool stuff you can find on Memory Alpha about the Vlugta asteroid field. So it's kind of fun that we can put this together and pull some different elements to help create the story. Yeah, that's really, I really like that. I actually didn't realize that's the way you had these laid out. And that's, uh, it's good to know because... Uh, it, I, I really like the fact that you can fast reference this stuff and that it's all out there if you want it. Yeah, I don't want people having to search for stuff. If they can quick link uh, link it, then that's going to be better. And then yeah. finally, um, going to what you were saying before, I always, as a game master, and you probably do the same thing, I like to know the ending before the beginning so I know the goal that we're charging forward. So. We put the conclusion here, the crew will have their hands full trying to establish first contact, negotiation, they'll survive a possible ship to ship battle. It's about building trust with this new species, the Nezfliz, 
and dealing with unscrupulous Ferengis. So it's a battle of personalities trying to win over a new species to the ideals of the Federation. So pretty clear conclusion there. Again, you can tweak it as you see fit. Some of our other mission briefs um, have alternate endings, which is interesting depending on what the makeup of your crew is. And then as you said, there's notes there about how to add the mission to your campaign um, if you're playing in different eras. Yeah, my the current game that I'm running is actually run set uh, in 2321. So uh, obviously the Ferengi aren't around, I would have to adjust this, but I think it's something I absolutely could do fairly quickly. Uh, I think changing the the antagonist race or whatever it would be, it's just a matter of uh, plug and play, right? Yeah, in that time frame, you could have the Romulans trying to smooth the Nezfliz and the Orions be the Ferengis. We know Orions are big traders at that time, right? Right. Yeah, cool. So that's just the basic overview of a new warp signal. So now you kind of know what the plot is and where you're trying to go. Now, there's a couple other parts I want to point out to this um, before we launch into Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, the, the parts of the adventures we're familiar with. Um, and that's the opening log. And that usually sets the theme for the energy of the game. So in this place, the captain would say, after becoming aware of a new species nearing Federation space, we've rendezvoused with the Musaketa to take on Lieutenant Commander Talar, a Vulcan and first contact specialist. We have orders from Starfleet to make first contact, always an exciting and potentially treacherous adventure for any crew. So this is the part where generally in the show or probably in your game, you give people a little downtime to get to know the characters, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. Give them a so, chance to get Talar on board, meet some people. And it, you're talking this, this little blurb right here, this is what the captain's log is at the beginning of the ship, right? So star date, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. And the captain reads that out. So that's something you would give to the player, I would assume. Yeah, exactly. They could read that out. And then, you know, as, what's creative about mission logs is go ahead and decide, do you meet her in the transporter room? Or did she already come on board and get settled in crew quarters? Is the captain going there to talk to her or bring her into the conference room? Have fun with that. Again, mission briefs are way more freeform. Right. Yep. Cool. All right. So now we end up in the major acts. And this was the part that really confused some people who were like, okay, what do I do with this? Well, I'm going to break it down what I do in my brain with these acts. And I think after you see this, you're probably going to run and be like, I want to do more mission briefs. So let's start with the first uh, beat here, which is called Nezfliz. So again, it's very basic. It's an overview. It says the crew has just left the rendezvous with the USS Musaketa, where it picked up Talar and arrived in an unclaimed sector of space just beyond the Vlugta asteroid field. A never before seen vessel has come into the sector. Once hailed, they identify themselves as the Nezfliz, explorers who provide stories of their exploits to denizens of their worlds. So now most people, some people saw this and were like, okay, what do I do with this? Where are the roles? Where are the challenges? Well, watch me break it down here. So I find three points in each one of these and I try to create conflict. So in the first case, the word rendezvous. Now this as a game master could prompt plot course or chart hazard and subsequent helm actions. I mean, you're about to go into an asteroid field. So as a GM, what are some things you could come up with an asteroid field to cause problems uh sensor malfunctions for the uh, ferrite metals and the spinning asteroids too i would be a, i think as a flying hazard it would be very interesting to have some of that going on exactly i think about what kind of paranoia uh our our, our players usually have anytime in an asteroid field is uh oh are there other ships around right right so so any 
complications that are rolled, or if the GM wants to spin threat, can 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 make the game a little adventuresome. If maybe an asteroid hits, or maybe there's some weird sensor readings in the asteroid field, so now you can build the tension up that way. Right. All right. So that's one example. One word rendezvous pulls out something from the core rule book on page 222 you could play with. Um, next, we talk about that never before seen vessel. Again, that can prompt sen sensor sweeps and hailing frequencies. Um, and this is an opportunity for, uh, you know, again, could there be problems that come up with sensor sweeps, complications? Maybe the asteroid field has some sort of ionic storm going on in it, right? Right. Yeah. And then finally, the third point is the NESFLIS. Now, here we go into role playing. Um, as you can imagine, you're meeting a race for the first time. What are some of the tropes that you see your players use consistently, Jeff? Huh. Uh, what I mostly see with my players when it comes to first contact is no one wanting to be the first one to talk. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of complications you can have to a first contact. There's cultural uh, abnormalities. Um, the initial greeting can be kind of a conflict even. You can, do they shake hands? Do they have uh, <laughs> appendage on their heads that make people laugh? Which I could tell a story about stories about that that have made me destroy first contacts in the past. <laughs> okay. um, exactly. And and the cool thing, even though we have a character sheet made up for the for the Nesfliz, that would be again a mission brief allows you to have a little bit more fun with stuff like that. And we encourage people do stuff that's awkward and new for your for your group. You know, right. all good ideas. And again, the focus is you're looking for characters with focuses in diplomacy, first contact, and negotiation to shine, or maybe people with values that are related to it in this section. Right. Okay. So that's just number one, right? That was just act one, getting to know the Nesflas basically. Now we introduce the brain. So I'm going to go ahead and highlight the brain there. And um, Hulu is the uh, captain of the Nesflas ship. And he explains that they're about to conclude a packed with thought pan, the brain. And the Nesflas will be allowed to explore brain space because that's what they're into is exploration if they share their advanced life support and sensor technology with the brain. Okay, so we're starting to see some complications. UGMs are churning there and seeing some problems. Talar will want to open a discussion on the matter and the Nesflas are willing to host the negotiations on their voodoo class vessel. And the brain will not take kindly to someone interrupting their negotiations. We know how the brain are. They'll take uh, they'll likely take hostile action against the Starfleet crew. And the Nesflis, one of the things I wrote in here, they're very uncomfortable with violence. So that creates a conflict is their desire to have nonviolence. All right. right. So when we break it down again, a simple one, two, three, um, the GM could make the initial negotiation an extended task, which is page 282 of the core rulebook, right? So, so in this case, do all uh, greetings go simply? What do you think? How could you build an extended task out of that? Uh, depending on how you're role-playing it, I think doing an extended task for that would be um, trying to work out the basic first contact stuff and, and the initial salvo of, of, um, of greetings and negotiations. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In fact, what's cool is that I don't quote it here, but the Klingon core rulebook actually talks about how you have opposed, uh, challenging opposed actions against extended tasks and different type of challenges. So with the Breen maybe trying to throw dirt onto this negotiation, so they would get a counter role and that extended task could be quite a struggle just to get onto the ship. 
Absolutely. Um, as a second uh, uh, conflict here, uh, again, one of those brick walls we talked about in one of our early ones, um, transporting over might be made harder by spending threat to have the brain interfere with the transport signal. So there's another conflict that pulls engineering and science into the room. Or as another one, the brain vessel might try to blow their competition from the stars. So if things are getting a little slow in the game, some ship to ship combat might get hearts racing and complicate negotiations, right? Right. And a lot of this, you can do any or all of it, right? You can just yep. feel the table and make sure you're reading things well and, and uh, keep your pacing up with these different conflicts that you're in introducing. Exactly. And again, this is just my ideas of how I play the game. A GM knowing their crew may have a whole different angle on which words or ideas to pull out of here to create conflict. It's all about creating those brick walls to get them to the goal of peaceful negotiations. All right. Right. Act three, let's go to this here. Of course, let's complicate it one more time and add some scurrilous Ferengi into it. The world wouldn't be uh, fun without it. This is also a great opportunity for comedy relief. So we enter Solok, who, who of course, they're going to try to get in between the Breen and the Federation in this case. And they want what the Nezflis are having to offer. And they also want to, of course, smooth the Nezflis, highlighting the violent and backstabbing way of the Breen and Starfleet. And he wants all this advanced tech for himself. So again, one, two, three, um, we see that the appearance of another ship during the battle with the Breen might prompt a ceasefire as Solak's loyalties are unknown. So maybe your crew is, you know, falling behind in the fight, the Ferengi show up, and maybe they need to bribe the Ferengi in order to help out against the Breen. Just an option. Two, the GM may spend threat for complications related to ship damage from the Nezflis becoming paranoid and, uh, and or the Nezflis becoming paranoid and nervous. So if you're in a ship to ship battle, you can create some cool uh, linear gated challenges for the engineering crew. If things are getting slow for the medical officer, send him some injuries and get them involved that way. And then finally, um, I always ask the question. We did an entire show about this, Jeff. What values might this adventure challenge? So I go through and look at all my player values and say, ooh, this is an opportunity to start pushing some buttons. It's a really good opportunity to go through and make sure that you're aware of not only what their values are beneficially, but also to things you could possibly challenge them in this, in this instance. Exactly. So I always write little notes about who I'm going to terrorize on my team, you know, dur during uh, this point. And the last piece of um, this is the minor beat in the upper right hand corner. Um, this is where I add just in case GMs need a little prompting about how to get other people involved besides command, a crew adept in social conflict get to try their hand at, at uh, multilateral negotiations. Bridge crew will have the opportunity to engage in ship-to-ship -ship battle. Engineering and science officers may have the opportunity to study advanced Nezflis technology. And that is how I break down a mission brief. How long did that take us? About 15 minutes? Right around 15 minutes, yeah. Okay. And what do you think about that? I think it's fantastic. I Like I said, I, when I write stories, I tend to write them out in three acts with three beats to per act, right? So, and it's, it's exactly what you're talking about right here. It's basic storytelling structure in a single page. It's very easy to, to navigate. But um, like, who is this really designed for? Like who should be using mission briefs? Yeah, you know, from the talk, from the chatter on Facebook and Reddit, um, it seems some people do want the details that are in a larger, you know, one of the standalone adventures or in one of the compendiums like, um, uh, 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 wow, I just forgot. Strange like, the, World. like the Strange New Worlds or the, the Voyages. These are the Voyages. Yeah, one of the yeah. compendiums, they all fell right. on my face. Yeah. Um, 
so they, some people like the diagrams and the pictures and the maps and the character. Some people like that. But for some of us who have long, uh, with crews that are many seasons in and a lot of personality, this gives me a lot more flexibility and malleability to do more freeform play. It's maybe more for more experienced GMs, wouldn't you think? I think it would be good for experienced GMs who are, who are able to work on the fly. But I think it's a good place for for new GMs to start as well because you get a you get a chance to see the basic beats, right? And you get to see it gives you an opportunity to really explore your storytelling voice as you're going through these without having to go through, uh, you know, one of the creators of Modifius, uh, one of their, you know, reading off their voice and running their story. Like I, you talk sure. about we talk about other games too, like D and D. I got a lot of D and D books, um, and some of the stories you see in those, like you want to be able to. It's nice to, be able to to play the Ghosts of Salt March, but that's not your story. That's the story that they gave you to run. And then I think with this, while the story that we just went through is your story that you wrote to give it to everyone else, it's so easy to take that and manipulate it in a single page form with and, and add your voice to it than I think it is to have the bigger ones. So I think yeah, so the benefit of the thicker the 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 benefit also of the of the standalone adventures that were published originally is that they they state the rules as they go along with the yes. story. But once you're familiar with the rules and you know what an extended task is or what a sensor sweep is, again, this is a very uh, summarized way to lay out a story. And so um, if you are a new GM, the only homework you have to do before this is kind of know your page references for the conflicts, the brick walls you plan to throw in to the story. That's all I would suggest. Right. I would say that for the most part, I think these mission briefs are great for experienced players and players who are feeling adventurous and creating their own voice with these narratives. I think they're great. Um, Indeed. And again, there's a whole bunch of Klingon related ones in the Klingon uh, core rulebook that was released. And right now, the most of the mission briefs you can find are on continuing missions website. But I do know that a lot more mission briefs are going to come out in future um, Modifius uh, productions. So so it's nice to get to know how to use them now. Yeah, one nice thing about them is they're easy to produce and you can just throw lots of them out there. I'm actually, I'd be excited to see a single supplement book that has you know, 150 pages of mission brief after mission brief after mission brief. Uh, that could be a lot of fun. You can organize be, them by era. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. That would be totally cool. I want to see more Romulan based mission briefs. Yeah. <laughs> but fun. from the Romulan perspective and, you know, and that's another thing it actually would allow now that you mentioned it, Jeffrey, it, it, it would allow you to pump out like Romulan based mission briefs. Because then, you know, maybe someone's not going to buy a whole book on Romulan, even though I think they would. I think um, they would. Yeah, I think they would too. But hey, thinking about Jim Johnson, how about a whole 15 mission briefs on Packlids? That's his, that's yeah. his people, right? Right. <laughs> so this, this is a great way to pack something with Packlids if you wanted to. Yep. I think it's great. And I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing more of what these can do. And if you have any questions about the way mission briefs work, if this episode didn't cover enough for you, let us know. We will help answer questions. Um, I, I know Mike is available on the Facebook pages all the time. I, I lurk a lot, but I'm there. Um, I'm happy to answer questions. So um, on that note, I think, um, I think the most important thing to remember when doing mission briefs or, or to remember about mission briefs in general is that when you, that, that you are crafting stories, you're crafting your stories. Um, you don't have to overthink it. Uh, don't let fear of writing a good story overwhelm you. Role-playing is a collaborative story experience. Uh, it's a lot like a writer's room. All you really need is a basic story idea and add in a couple of conflicts or brick walls as Mike calls them. Um, and 
those are your story beats, right? And I promise you, if you do these things, your players will take care of the rest. They will get your story out there. They will have a good time. Um, if you can, can't think of any good beats, uh, look at your player sheets, let their values and talents and goals and motivations, let that stuff inspire you. Um, don't worry about planning out every single scene. Improv is a skill that every great storyteller has and they hone over time. Uh, no plan survives first contact with the enemy anyways. So, uh, and no, no plot has ever survived first contact with the players. Um, <laughs> as long as everyone has a good time and the story, as long as everyone had a good time, the story worked. That's the end of the conversation. Um, that's all that really matters is that people are having a good time. Uh, whether you are at a thousand page epic or a one page mission brief, it's about having a good time, right? That's right. That keeps us coming back for more. That's right. true. All right, on that note, I think we're going to call it a wrap. Next time on STA Engage, uh, we're going to have a special guest, the curator of the Star Trek Adventures subreddit page, uh, the prolific story writer with over 20, I, I don't remember what the number was, but it's well over 20 uh, adventures that you can check out online, uh, ELH. Uh, so stay tuned and next time for Flesh and Blood or Verderon City. Until then, uh, if you like what you hear, and you want to help the show out, just share this episode with one other person who might enjoy it. Uh, anyone who wants to know more about Mission Briefs or just enjoys Star Trek as a whole. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Dr. RPG Jeff Harvey. And on behalf of myself, my co-host, Michael Dismuke, and everyone that works behind the scenes here at STA Engage, live long and prosper. Peace. Peace.